When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. So to play this game, there are different phases of play. I will explain each of them as we go through them. But the first is the opening credits. We have an anime style, sports anime style opening credit sequence. So what we hear as an audience is a metal song. There's a lot of energy. There are a lot of drums. There are heavy guitars. We see the sky. And then there are pulsing flashes of images of athletes putting on gloves, buckling up harnesses, holding various weapons, and birds taking flight as the logo for Sky Joust like zooms into the screen and the music hits this like heavy crescendo and then we break into scenes from an anime opener. So what I will ask each of you to do is describe your character and describe the tableau or scene that we see of your character that communicates a little bit of their personality, ambition, and struggle. When you see Skeen... Uh, in that sort of standard, things are sort of happening in a weird space opening for an anime. Uh, not much of a background, but just standing haughtily over uh, one of the other characters on one of the other teams and just smirking pushes them and they sort of fall backwards, arms out, doing that like fall into a void Oh, is this like falling away from the camera? Like we see from that character's perspectives, we see our arms flailing as you disappear. Yeah. <laughs> as we're swallowed by a void. I love that. Skeen is a 17-year-old athletic young man, buzzed on the sides and then blonde hair going down the middle. And he is pristine in his look. Everything is crisp, clean, pressed, it is easy to tell that he is both rich and kind of uh, concerned about his look. That's great. That's great. Um, I think we we sort of like have a, a screen wipe and we are uh, then transported to like a very bright sort of like looking up at the sky. There are, I think, like flower petals uh like rose petals flowing mixed with like uh red cardinal feathers and we seem to like we're panning down um and then we sort of pan down and we land on a very flowy very dainty uh person sort of doing a, a dance routine kind of like windmills of the hands um we see sort of a brown skinned kind of tall lanky uh sort of black daisy woman uh, she, they got their hair tied back into like a bun and they are, have these fans that they are like waving, um, into their routine and it's very elegant. It's very beautiful. The, the feathers and the, uh, petals are like, like flowing around them. The camera moves closer and closer and closer until it's like a very tight shot of their face and they put the, uh, the feather sort of in front of their, their mouth um, and everything is very soft, and then they flip the fan around, and then somehow, in flipping it 180 degrees, the fan, like, now you can clearly see blades on the fan, mm -hmm. and everything that was soft and uh, uh, delicate about Jade Wolf's face suddenly becomes very pointy and maniacal, and then they move the fan in front of the uh, camera again, and then we're somewhere else. Yes. Yes. So Gull is basically like a little living lightning bolt of a person. He's jagged and crooked all the way from 
his wild lightning bolty hair down to the tips of his shoes, never stands up straight and never visibly sits down. Uh, dresses <laughs> more or less like a drug dealer uh, crossed ah! with a mad scientist. <laughs> also, he's only 15. He's new. Uh, he has lightning bolt imagery worked in throughout his uh, outfit as well, including the temples of his glasses having little crack bolts along the sides uh, and so on. Here we see him briefly adjusting his hair, and as this is happening, we are tightly zoomed in on his face. And then it starts to slowly pull back. As it does so, he keeps doing little bits of detail. This is going fairly quickly. It's just a slow zoom. Mm -hmm. uh, adjusts his hair. He checks a notebook and slaps it into a chest pocket. Takes a, a flask and, and uh, drops it into one of the belt strap loops on his belts. Uh, and the whole time it's established that he's standing in an attention until it pulls back just far enough to realize that he's standing on the back of Drift, his hummingbird, and that he doesn't use a seated, seated saddle. He's uh, always standing. And nice. just as you realize he's standing... We get a rack focus that shows that the, up until now, generally indistinct but moving background is actually the stands packed with audience, and it's all upside down. Uh, he's oh. been hovering upside down in place the entire time. He, he flashes a quick grin as he pushes the glass bridge no, of up to get that anime shine moment and mm -hmm. then drops out of frame, still upside down. God, yes, perfect. Then I, I feel like there is a flash of, like, the team standing together and then a big like kind of red and black collection of shadows looms behind them and you see like that anime shine on like what would be eyes or glasses i mean you know it's probably like little glass reflections uh to be eyes but the light shifts a little bit and the silhouettes become like more shadowy figures and these are all of the people that have control or influence over your lives looming over you. Some of them might have monocles. Some of them might be actually wearing glasses. <laughs> Others are looking through with opera glasses. Um, perhaps Stroking there is cat. like goggles for, um, uh, you know, whomever might be part of uh, the brewing company. Uh, but like all of these figures are looming over you and they're extremely dark and imposing and like the music pulses and I feel like that image shatters like around you a little bit and the team picture of you looks just like that much more unhinged then we mm -hmm. see flashes of like elegance and wealth being thrown around and like the lamentations of your enemies as they are all like wailing in defeat and in frustration at the soaring comet uh, that uh, becomes this lance which like strikes through something that looks like a meteor or a planetoid but turns out to be an olive and that becomes the Jolly Gander's logo and then the, you know, sky joust like music sort of levels out and uh, we just see the, the logo of the Jolly Ganders over this background and our opening comes to an end. Sick. Sick. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Love it. Print it. Do it. Now we are up to daily life slash event. So basically, you're each going to be doing two scenes. One of these scenes is going to be like a scene with dialogue that will be you and another character or maybe even an all play where it is all of your characters. Um, I also have the ability to frame a scene and uh, another scene, which I'll get to. But like, you know, it is a dialogue scene. It is a scene between characters. Typically, this is when troubles come up. Uh, but otherwise, like these are things that tell you, uh, tell us, the audience, about your characters, what your personality is like, what your goals and desires are like. Um, and these scenes are leading up to you in the tournament. So that's the first kind, a scene with dialogue. The next is a vignette. 
Um, this could be like a training montage. Uh, the idea is there is no dialogue. This is just a description of something. It could even like literally be just your character, you know, sitting on a rooftop, gazing mournfully over a city as rain falls. You know, it's something that tells us a little bit about your character and what they're going through. And how they are preparing to go into this competition. Um, what we're looking to establish as, you know, players is these are opportunities to build up your uh, spirit and fight. So they're opportunities to explore uh, those traits and conditions and introduce troubles for each other so that headed into this match, you have a lot of dramatic narrative weight kind of bearing down on your characters. Yeah, I feel like there's a uh uh maybe an establishing shot of like a I think it's like maybe two three streets down from where uh the Jolly Ganders like like practice there is a very serene like pleasant um shot of a bunch of dancers in a studio kind of like doing their thing mm. like they're they're warming up and um uh jade is being sort of like dropped off uh i guess yeah what i, I guess it would just be what's a, a normal mode of transportation that's not a bird <laughs> okay well i mean so here here's the thing tyler with with this universe like we can have a cart um, that yeah, is great. Done. By Rickshaw, a Done. bird. Uh, Done. <laughs> okay. But like, if there, yeah, there's wealth in the picture. Like, you know, this is probably a a flightless or a bird that doesn't fly very yeah. often, but it looks like cool and fancy, like a road runner or something. Mm -hmm. That is very like chocobo-y. Yeah, exactly, chocobo mm -hmm. energy. I like the uh, idea of Windrider Island being literal, and that there's like there's monorails and stuff, but they actually have sails as their power mechanic. I do like the idea of a monorail with sails. Uh, let's add that. And, and like Windrider Island being this kind of semi-tropical, opulent, artistic paradise, like has they've got the dosh to have a monorail system installed. Um, but yeah, it, it depends on yeah. the energy that you want for Jade's like transportation. If this is a private yeah. cart, then this is a private cart. No, I think it's like maybe a private cart on the monorail. It's like it's their their own reserved like section or seats. Um, oh, I like that. And so I think it's just uh, Jade is very very pleasantly just like uh, saying uh, saying like thank you and goodbye to their their dad and is like uh, be sure to be sure to practice practice well, dear. Is like of of course, dad. Of course, daddy. Of course. Um, uh, I'm gonna make you proud. We're going to uh, <laughs> we're going to regionals uh, coming up, and uh, it's. I think that dance is really my thing. It's it's my calling. It's my passion because you know that's what you set signed me up for, and I, I appreciate that, Daddy. So I'll 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 see you later. And Jade kind of uh, leaves the the monorail. Uh, uh, it kind of goes off into the distance, and then. Um, uh, Maxwell uh grief Jade's friend uh kind of like right like strides strides up behind her and is like all right you ready to go to work? He's like of course I'm ready to go to work. Ugh. And so um they sort of like walk past the dance studio and are instead going towards uh the training facility for the Jolly Ganders. I've got a new line of fabric in. I think this is the ticket. You know how we were God searching for something that was fitting of the way show you it to me show it to me say less like will <laughs> secret out of their jacket like this this parcel and open it up describe the fabric that is fitting of the way that jade moves has sort of like a feather weavy like detail about it and that when Maxwell kind of pulls it out it kind of it hangs in the air for like a second longer than like any normal fabric would um oh. as almost if it, it's like it's being suggested to like rise more than fall um and it's it's like 
gold. It's got sort of like like texture within it. It's very pristine looking, very beautiful. And it's like, oh, oh, this is amazing. You genius. Uh, how can we incorporate this in a way that won't uh, that won't obscure a logo? But um, but like maybe can work into uh, my my attire for this for this match. Hmm. Maybe if we just uh, if we start s- simple and we just have a scarf and we m- maybe tease people in this next round like what is this on her what is this on her scarf on her person and then as we get further we introduce it into an actual item ah work in layers you discard mm-hmm. to reveal mm-hmm. Jade this is why I like working with you that mind of yours. See, and and that is why I I think that once we finally I am finally rid of this profession of mine, I think we can actually get to the real meat of things, which is starting this clothing line. I think that we uh, we get big on the we get big in the jousting stage and then we transfer that to be remain big in the clothing stage. I would like to ask you, Tyler, I'm going to introduce yeah. a trouble for you. Yeah. Um, and if you are willing, uh, I got two pitches here. Either the material that your friend uh, could have found for you might be actual golden feather weave, in which case, you know, as as we've established in Skyjacks, it's not really feather weave traditionally, but it's something that the red feathers are trying to keep secret. So it's actually really dangerous for you to have. Or oh. as you pass this dance studio, one of your dance companions will see you walking toward the jousting area and that could come back to bite you. So those are the two troubles that I have for you. Do you like either of them? I like them both. I think we're we're going to go with someone seeing uh, uh, Jade as they sort of like walk by. And I think... As they walk by the window of the dance studio, that's when Jade sort of really gets their hands on the uh, the feather weave mm-hmm. and so or the the fabric, and so they do like a little flourish and just like, oh, this is this is fan, this is beautiful, and so very much calling attention to themselves without really uh, noticing. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I feel like this person inside the studio, like doing their plies against uh, the the like handhold on mm-hmm. the mirrored wall, like the bit of gold passes in front of their face. And I'll ask John, describe this like venomously vengeful uh, uh, dancer who, who sees Jade. Okay. Uh, this dancer is named, uh, I don't know why I was going to say Rihanna, but it's Rihanna. It's 100%. (laughs) A young Rihanna. (laughs) That's why you were going to say it. That's why I was going to say it. She has always been the number two dancer to jade uh yeah mm-hmm. has seen jade not showing up and is both absolutely overjoyed because it means that she gets to be the best but also she never got the opportunity to show she was better than you yeah yeah D- didn't get to actually legitimately earn that spot um and <sighs> that like I think really culminates in this moment seeing Jade walking around with this beautiful gold fabric like it's been like watching Jade her entire life where they have been walking around with this beautiful gift where all of these things that were extremely difficult for Rihanna have come so easily to Jade over the years thing after thing after thing and now when Rihanna finally has something it's only because Jade was disinterested in it. And like we can see that darken in her face as I think that's the end of of this scene that could be seen or could be vignette, uh, whatever we have. And once again, we are framing one scene and one like vignette type thing. Well, if Jade is heading 
to the practice grounds already. Mm. We can have the camera then zoom ahead of them to the practice grounds where Skeen already is mounted on Royal, his Mm. Peregrine Falcon, and they are doing speed tests. And it's a target shoots up into the air and he flies forward as fast as he can with his lance out and hits it and then speeds back to the starting position. Okay, move it back 20 meters again. The way sets the way that I have this pictured is this is like sporting clays um, being fired into the air, except they're intending you to hit these things with a lance on the back of a bird, which is yes. so dope. I love That's this awesome. so much. <laughs> Just <laughs> fires one up. He nails it, goes back to starting position. Another 20 meters back again, and then speeds off. And again, while still in its arc before it begins to fall, hits it with the lance, speeds back 20 meters further back again. <laughs> And continues doing this. So this is a standard training procedure. It makes sense. The farther you move it back, the longer it has time to fall uh, before you would be able to reach it. So it is like almost a suicide sprint, like endurance trial, both for for your aim and nerves and, of course, the bird's speed and endurance. Uh, Because this is a standard training practice, I think this is a great time. Uh, for our coach to step in. So I would like uh, a description of of the coach of this team. Then like as you are shouting out like orders to uh, your, your support staff in training, you can see your current coach is there. This is somebody who was like on the team when you were hired onto the team. They were part of what the Jolly Ganders used to be before they were bought and rebranded by the Flying, Flying Garnish Distillery. So y- you have been working with this person and like, I want to say this is a man in his mid 40s. He's got like a salt and pepper hair. He looks extremely dashing. He's dressed low key like a matador, like Clearly, this is a person who's got a lot of protagonist energy, um, a lot of like, I think, paternal wisdom that has like maybe kept you back from your darker natures as you have continued through these like trials of the teen years. And then somebody runs up to him, whispers something in his ear, and he's like, what are you talking about? How mm-hmm. what what how could you say this to me? I am not fired. I am not fired. I quit. I quit. Um he dramatically throws his whistle down and like <laughs> the rest of the support staff that like this sporting clay machine that you are working with has to be incredibly complex. It's got to be on rails that they are like pushing this thing back. And like it takes so many people to operate it. Nobody is clear on what to do. What heralds the arrival of the new coach? I think, well, one, it's fanfare. Um, (laughs) I I literally think that from the back of the arena, um, there is a... Yeah, it gets a little jazzy. Yeah. Another instrument's interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's a little Spanish guitar out of nowhere. Oh yeah, it's it's little. Okay, it begins as this fanfare, but it does end up being like an orchestra yeah. um, as more people come out. And what is supposed to be just a fanfare. 20 seconds maybe less than that 10 becomes a minute and a half wait mm-hmm. i just remembered i'm gonna be editing this thanks drew oh, you're welcome, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, that's my favorite um, i love it oh no and we're gonna we're gonna do all the instruments now bobby mcferrin style <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, if you can, James, I'd like uh, Josh Groban to come in and, no. uh, and do some some vocals for this as well. I, I cannot, <laughs> but great. Hey, hey <laughs> we can dream. Uh, and uh, all this fanfare happens and then steps forward uh, the coach from behind a red curtain that is set up just before. 
Can you please describe the person who sets up the red curtain, Allie? Yes. Um, actually, I think we've left it really vague. We have left okay, it really so vague. Okay. This, uh, this is a, uh, a narrow featured person with, let's say, sort of a, a, a strategically haphazard mess of like light brown to dark blonde hair, um, like quaffed, but it looks messy, but it's quaffed. And they are wearing uh, what appears to be a very starched, very tailored uniform um, that if you look at it long enough, it will become clear to you exactly what kind of uniform this is. Uh, this person runs out and uh, erects like a folding, rolling like wardrobe rack, um, but it's a little bit taller than a wardrobe rack would be. And then latches onto it painstakingly while the orchestra is playing um each each little rolling hook onto the top bar of this rack and then hangs from those hooks a red velvet curtain with golden fringe and unfurls the whole curtain across the rack steps back judges it adjusts the fringe so that it's falling straight uh like hand gestures to indicate yes this is perfect and then scuttles around the back side of the curtain to elaborately whisper to the coach that the time is now. Sky Joust. Hey, heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, we encountered a bit of a technical error in editing our episodes of Sky Joust. The last team in our series, the Barmwitch Perryman, had a problem with their first episode's worth of audio, so we're actually going to premiere those episodes on the Sky Joust feed when it goes live. Which means next week we are returning to the story of mainline Skyjacks. Then watch this feed, and if you're on our mailing list, watch the Skyjacks mailing list for news of when the Sky Joust feed launches. In other exciting news, the One Shot Network is returning to Gen Con this year, and we've got lots of amazing events for you to check out. On Thursday, me and the System Mastery Boys are running a panel on how to get your friends into tabletop role-playing games. On Friday, I'll be once again joined by the System Mastery Boys to run the RPG Game Show, a live audience participation trivia show where our books are given away as prizes. Then also on Friday, the System Mastery Boys will be doing the System Mastery Live Show. Friday evening, we're going to be teaming up with the folks at Together Studios to run an evening of Illimat, where you'll be able to join me and Nathan Blades and probably other members of the One Shot Network to play a couple hands of my favorite card game. And don't worry, if you've never played Illimat before, you can learn at the event. Finally, on Saturday at 7 p.m., we are doing the Skyjacks live show. So far, we've confirmed that Nathan Blades is going to arrive at the show. We are still putting together the final cast list, but I can promise you it is going to be an amazing show. Now, one-shot programs have sold out in the past. So if you're interested in going to any of these, I recommend registering at Gen Con and signing up for these events as soon as possible to ensure your seat. If for whatever reason you end up attending the show last minute, you can use generic tickets at the door to pay your entry. So long as we are not sold out. But be sure to join us for Gen Con August 3rd through 6th and make sure you wear a mask. Here is I want to extend a huge thank you to everyone who signed up during our 2023 Patreon drive. We've got some budgeting to do over here at the One Shot Network, but I'm excited to take the resources that you gave us and continue making amazing productions. If you'd still like to sign up for the One Shot Patreon and support us, you absolutely can. And all of the rewards that we were offering during our Patreon drive are still on the table. That includes the lost episodes of Campaign Star Wars. So if that was important to you, we can still unlock it. A huge thanks to everyone who signed up during the drive and everyone who's going to sign up in the future. Now then, a quick word from our sponsor. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. It's it's now. Yes, yes, it's, right now, sir. Is it here? Yes, right now, sir. R- right now? Yes, you okay, sir? Yes. You just it, this doesn't. It's too, it's two on two. No, no, like no, I, no. Just go, just go. No, it's, you're good. I promise. And, and he steps around the other side. <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir. Hello, mm. I am Phileas Youngblood. Here to become the greatest coach of this sport. Which what sport is this? It's uh, jousting, sir. Jousting that has ever been. 
Eustace. Yes, sir. My things. Yes, right away, sir. And uh, Eustace immediately begins unlatching the curtain hook by hook and then folding it and then refolding the rack and then getting it out of the way and then fetching two like leather valise bags. Uh, and, and the umbrella. And the, and the umbrella, yes. And then runs back and grabs the umbrella and like a special hat and like a bunch of like a hat box and runs after uh, after Mr. Youngblood. What we see is Phileas Youngblood. He is probably in his mid 20s, maybe a little older. Um, he has obviously dark hair, like his hair is obviously dark brown, but it has been bleached uh, to be blonde. So, but we, it's been a little while, so you can see the roots in it. Mm -hmm. He has, uh, the hair is perfectly coiffed in a, a beautiful pompadour style. He has these mustaches that curl into perfect circles at the edges and a very pointed uh, Van Dyke-esque beard. Um, he is wearing beautiful clothes, clothes that you should not wear to a jousting pitch. Uh, that are in golds and purples. Uh, he has very tall boots. Um, and uh, the insignia of the young blood is festooned on various different parts of his body. He has a cape that is draped over only one shoulder that has that on it uh, as well. As he uh, slowly makes his way down every every step or so, I imagine these steps are like a uh, stadium steps where you step down and have to walk like two or three feet and then go down mm -hmm. and walk two or three feet and then go down. Uh, and so every time he steps down, Eustace goes forward, puts out like a, a mm -hmm. carpet mm -hmm. that he has to slowly walk across and then go down. And then Eustace scuttles around to catch up and go ahead. Yeah. And uh, as he's going down, he is pontificating in a speech. But uh, as he's continuing to talk, uh, the camera switches back to where everyone on the shop put a mechanism, and they can't hear him. He's too far right. away. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. His voice is just very small. It's just very like... Mm -hmm. In Skeen, in light of this display, I'm counting this entrance as a trouble for you. So I'm granting you a fight <laughs> token here. Um, and I kind of think, like, as, as this fanfare is unfolding, this is probably Skeen being an athlete who is in the middle of a groove is just like, I'm going to restart the exercise i think and run it normally oh. one more time the second this happens skeen holds up the uh the hand signal that means to stop just in case the uh the clay shooters get too far away to hear you there are a signal that you can mm. give and looks just absolutely furious and begins to stalk over there and then realizes that it's someone rich enough that he cannot tell them off. <laughs> <laughs> but also too late to stop walking towards them. It's like, oh no, I started walking over there. I have to keep going. <sighs> and he composes himself, puts on his best practiced smile mm -hmm. and walks over. Oh, hello. Yes, and the uh, what? Who do I have the pleasure of meeting? Eustace. Yes, sir. Which is this one? Uh, uh, one moment, sir. And Eustace drops all of the bags and then reaches into one of the bags and pulls out a clipboard, um, uh, and rifles through page after page after page after page on top of this clipboard, and then says, "Ah!" Uh, and squints at the page, and then squints at Skeen, and then squints at the page again, and then says, "I believe this is a uh, Skeen Lightwind, sir." Skeen. Well, I'm pronouncing that right. Skeen. Yes. Skeen Lightwind, sir. Ah, yes, young Skeen. I've looked over your portfolio, my young lad. You shall do great things, and just walks right past him. <laughs> Yes, I know I will. I still didn't quite catch your name. Ah, yes, of course. I, I am Phileas Youngblood. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's a, a bit of a, 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 a athletic type, aren't we? You may call me Coach. Very good. Coach. Coach. <sighs> Welcome. Youngblood. I like that. I like that a lot. Very good, sir. Of course. Coach. Youngblood. And it's... Wonderful to see that you've got such an eye for talent, that you already know how indispensable I will be and how wonderful we already are. In fact, if you would like, I can show you just how wonderful our drills are already. 
Oh, absolutely. Let, let's let's see it. That's so exciting, sir. Eustace, uh, yes. please, my chair and the umbrella. Right away, sir. And <sighs> drops the clipboard into a bag, reaches into another bag, pulls out a folding chair, and pops the chair open to allow uh, Mr. Youngblood to sit, and then reaches into, uh, picks up the umbrella, pops the umbrella, and sets it into the directly into the pitch so that uh, Phileas can sit down. And Skeen gets back on Royal and just calls out, All right, fourth position, restart, and go! And does the trials again where he keeps moving it 20 meters back, smashes the pigeon, comes back again, and keeps doing these quick flying sprints. I say, Eustace. Yes, sir. Oh, do you have the um the uh the thingy the cone the the thingy cone? I'm sorry. The 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 the, the, <laughs> the amplify one? my voice cone. The which one, sir? The the cone, the one that amplifies my voice. Oh, the talkie cone, sir. Yes, the talkie cone. Yes, right away, sir. And reaches into a bag and pulls out a, me- a collapsible megaphone, mm-hmm. and then like pops the megaphone open. Right, right, right away, sir. Here you oh, go. yes, I did. Young Skeen! I don't know if he can hear you, sir. I'll do it louder. Young Skeen! Right as Skeen is about to hit another one of the clay targets, that voice amplifies and he misses it and it falls to the ground. And you can see Royal and him whip around and fly down. Yes, you missed that one! (laughs) Do it! Yes. Oh no. Team <sighs> reset. Tenth position. Yeah. They, like no, no, make it eleven. Everyone on everybody who operates the device is like <laughs> mm-hmm. looking around, and th- they look to Skeen because there's no eleventh <laughs> position. It goes up to ten. What's he, what's he say? Yeah. He said eleven. What? And he <laughs> makes the hand a signal. For tenth position, <laughs> and then goes back. Yes, of course, eleventh. <laughs> yeah, everyone like kind of shrugs and and moves the device, sets it in place, and and begins uh, the sequence. Yes, I like this a lot. You uh, just write that in my notes. Eleventh position, sir. Right way, sir. Yes, you're, you're really taking to this, sir. I am. Oh, is this, a, is this a whistle? <laughs> and he reaches down and picks up this whistle that's on the ground. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I'll hold on to this. So yeah, it's it's mid sequence. Like the the pigeon goes up. Like they have tried to angle it so that it will go to the highest position that it can go. Which Skeen, this is a legitimate you know challenge. Like this is the farthest out it can go. They are now angling it to to go higher. Um, this is really good practice. How do you? Oh, do more than one. I think. Oh, yeah. They very quickly load up a second. So now it's gone from a legitimate challenge to cartoon nonsense town. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Make it three. I like threes. Write it down. Three. Right away, sir. So as you are flying towards (laughs) it, more pigeons are going up. The idea that Eustace just wrote down the number three. That's correct. That is, that is 100% correct. Most of the notes are just numbers and words, like one-syllable words. The people operating the device, like, they can't even hear these commands. They're just like, a guy like that's going to ask for three. So we're shooting three. So, so the first one, Skeen manages to get there just hits it before it gets to a point where he wouldn't be able to on the arc and then sees like one more go up on his left side and another on the right and he would have to pick one to go after and he wheels on the one that faces him towards the audience and specifically instead of jousting his lance through the pigeon hits it towards Phileas. Mm. Yeah, like, it, and you know, these are clay pigeons. If if nobody has ever uh, uh, done that particular type of sport, it is a very brittle ceramic. I imagine for jousting, these are much larger. Um, so it's like relatively lightweight, but something that uh, on that scale would shatter into a lot of pieces. These aren't necessarily dangerous, but like they ruffle you they they they, it lands in like a very dramatic splash oh yeah given that skeen is the type of rich person that's like 
oh, if someone gets any amount of like dirt or schmutz on my outfit, I will be incensed. This isn't I want to harm Phileas. It's I want clay dust on his outfit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All I need to ask is, Eustace, how do you protect me? Uh, (laughs) With the umbrella. I think I think it the uh, Eustace has just finished writing down the number three uh, on the page, and then here's the 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 here's the hit take place. Drops the clipboard, yanks the umbrella out of the ground, and swings it around in a defensive maneuver to have the clay particles and dust splash against the the big beach umbrella and fall to the ground before Eustace shakes it off and then places it back into the ground. Can I can I ask uh, can I ask is it like does it look clumsy or does it look like professional because I feel like Eustace could be like like a secret like secret ninja yes (laughs) that is just this 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 way I don't know I don't know I I think every part of it great question love to answer it I think every (laughs) part of the maneuver looks like a mess and an accident and a fumble except for the part where he swings the umbrella down in front and then swings it back up. That part looks like a weapon. Yes. And then and then it's back to, oh, terribly sorry. <laughs> the umbrella <laughs> fell. And puts it back. Eustace, there's a bit of dust on my, on, on oh, my shoulder. Oh, terribly sorry. So I'll fetch the brush, shall I? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Get the little brush out. Brush, 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 brush on the sleeve. Keep going. You missed that one. You've somehow acquired a beverage in this time as well. Mm-hmm. Eustace did that with the other hand. He's working at 80, 45%? I don't know, so You've got a much better eye for this than I do, so. I do, don't I? Let's call it 65, then. <laughs> and I think practice continues to unfold this way. Perfect. Great. Uh, I, I would like to see a, a scene now centered around Versigitroy? <laughs> Versin, you should just call him Verse. Verse. I know I should, but I do know how it's Versin Getterix. Versin Getterix. Okay, <laughs> but I'll just call him either Verse or Gull. All right. Yeah. Uh, a scene focused around uh, Verse, and it, it doesn't need to be a dialogue scene. This can be a vignette scene that you know tells us where Verse is at and what their life is. You know, absolutely sure. We can do either way. Um, what I had envisioned was because we did a uh, complicated cut from the first scene to the second. Uh, in this case, we'll just pan up from the arena, which I assume is open to the sky. Yeah. Yeah. No. And see the weirdest ship in all of Spear because it doesn't have wings. It has a big gas bag. It's a <laughs> blimp ship. And uh, v- sort of zoom in on that and then cut to it. And that's where Verse is. He's at bartending practice with his mentor shots. And he is behind the bar making a couple of drinks for a few assembled people. They can be whoever you want. Uh, he, Obviously, Shots is there. Here's here's a question about Shots. Um, yes. Is Shots visible to the people in this room? Has has Verse ever seen Shots? Yeah. yeah is, there, is there a reason why he wouldn't? Well, there are no Mantis people in this world. Um, oh yeah, he's be, gotten used to it. This would be the okay. This is, this is his teacher. Okay, okay. So like yeah. that would be other people it, might be completely terrified. Yeah, that would be a horrific revelation for for most people. So like the idea that Verse has acclimated to this sort of thing, I, I kind of think uh, if this is something that is being done for a group of people, it is either other people who are from Vespia or uh shots is currently silhouetted behind like a screen um that's fine and and that's that's how uh shots is like judging this so so I, we we have this figure who is mysteriously behind a screen who is ostensibly like watching um mm-hmm. and i think I think there is like a maybe a periscope or or like opera glasses type contraction uh, contraption that uh, shots is able to to watch your progress on that will mirror our anime opening um, just shining lights in in the darkness. Um, But the other people who are there, um, I think this is like. This is probably something, these are like maybe a, a fan event where 
these are oh. high paying uh, fans of the Jolly Ganders have paid for like a private bartending session with Verse. Uh, so Verse is busy mixing up some of the more basic alchemical concepts and drinks. He's making a uh, round of forget me shots and a couple of bubble waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he serves them out, people will take them. The bubble waters are perfectly fine. A few people take a drink from them. As they pull them down from their mouth, bubbles come flying out of their mouth heading towards the, the uh, ceiling and then popping dramatically in little bursts of color. Mm, yeah, and it's this sort of thing where you can see the abject delight of mm-hmm. uh, the, these these wealthy socialites as they are doing this thing that is a little bit undignified, but so unique, something that you can't get anywhere else. And here they are uh, drinking, being served by an up-and-coming jousting champion. Um, I, I think maybe in, in the back bar, like there are the cups that you have already won this year. Uh, we have established that your team won a competition that uh, one of the rival teams that you're going to be facing off against in this competition was also participating in. Uh, what is what does the trophy look like from that competition? Ooh, if we've already won it. Hmm. Can't be specific to us. So let's go ahead and say that it's a magnificent cresting whale bursting up from the bottom of the trophy case. Mm. There's a, around the whale, there are a bunch of correctly scaled to the size of it models of individual jousters oh. attached via pin. That's cool. So the cup probably involved whales in some way or was at least named after them. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, like I think it's like the Leviathan cup or something like that. Mm. Um, and it's sort of like a bad boy thing because like the sea and imagery of the sea is extremely taboo. So I think this is like a black glass whale that is emerging from like a silver cup. It is this really, really dramatic looking thing uh, that looks incredibly intimidating on your shelf. Um, and I would like to see in this little vignette uh, for, for verse um, something of versus relationship with this craft um is verse concentrating very hard on mixing this does this look effortless what what's going on in fact i was as i was saying the bubble water works perfectly fine a couple people in the group are drinking and little bubbles are coming out of their mouths the other people received forget me shots which is a fairly common drink in alchemy the idea behind it is that you forget the last 30 seconds of your life after you take a shot of it. The idea is that you can hear a joke twice. (laughs) (laughs) But all of the people who take the forget-me shots suddenly get very worried, anxious, inward-looking. A number of them push the drinks away from them dramatically. And as this happens, there's a, a bell noise, and Verse heads over towards the silhouette display that's hiding shots from them, and kind of looks contrite. He His head bo- uh, bends down a little bit. He listens for a moment. He starts to protest, but then just bends down again as someone shuts him off. It turns out he's mixed this one incorrectly because he wasn't paying any attention. His, uh, his head was somewhere else. Instead of making them forget the last 30 seconds, he made them all remember the most embarrassing thing they did in sixth grade. Mm. Oh, rough, rough. An absolutely rough <laughs> shot. Uh, yeah, like, I, I think you are getting this. And, like, there's something, I, I think the way the silhouette of uh, uh, shots behind this curtain plays out with, like, the shifting light of the clouds coming in from the side of the ship and whatnot, uh, it very emotionally, we can't hear what shots is saying, but, like, seeing hints of the shape and form of shots through uh, the mm-hmm. screen, it looks like almost like you were talking to a demon. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think it's something that like titillates and frightens uh, the, the the people in the room with you. Um, but we can see that, you know, clearly verse is looking directly at this person and not concerned by it. Um, and then I think there is a sounding of, uh, well, I guess this ship is a Vespian ship. So probably instead of bells, there's like a horn or something uh, yes, that, is, that is alerting. Uh, 
essentially like implying that you are being called away to practice after doing this uh bartending demo so you know you're you're asked to like take off your apron and and get moving along um i I just want to know knowing verse knowing that they have made a mistake and like this is the sort of thing where it maybe in training is to be expected but in a showcase like this probably the stakes are a little bit higher how Mm -hmm. is verse feeling about this Verse is a mix of defiant and contrite at the moment uh he had attempted to argue his case with uh with shots that he doesn't need to do the homework of the studies. He's already a prodigy in his field. He's amazing. And Verse just said, the proof is in the pudding. You've failed these people. He uh, didn't do his homework because he was off doing something else. Uh, Verse is nothing less than just fully unchecked, unmedicated ADHD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if he isn't doing the things he's focusing on, he- he's just doing whatever at any given moment. And uh, in-, in this moment, he feels that sting of failure that comes from knowing you forgot something a while ago and there's nothing you can do about it now. Yeah. Been there, buddy. So I think that 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 is a good end to that scene. So we've had, uh, you know, it's, I'm on the fence as to whether Jade's scene was a scene or a vignette. Um, I think Skeen's scene was definitely a scene. I am going to frame a scene because I feel like it is necessary. I would like to see these three in a situation where they can talk to each other um, that is unobserved by people that they are beholden to. Where does that take place? Do we have a mixed gender locker room? I mean, definitely. Okay. Cool. This is this is the past. And also, this is more importantly, Windrider Island, where probably oh, right. a lot of those of hangups course. don't exist. <laughs> they would never have enough locker rooms for all the genders. Yeah. <laughs> There are too many genders for everybody to have their own locker room. Just a room. That's a- <laughs> um, real quick. Uh, Drew, your character's name was Phineas or Phileas? Phileas. Phileas. All right. Cool. 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 Um, I feel like there's uh, like Jade probably strolls into the locker room, kind of like takes uh their duffel that has all of the the dancing uh accoutrement and equ- and equipment that and her shoes and all the stuff that she will never use and just like plops it uh on like basically just throws it at the door and just kind of very very like graciously but then like looking back at the direction that they just came in is like why is Phileas Youngblood why did Phileas Youngblood say Hello to me as I walked into the room, into the building. Oh, and you can see that Skeen, having already Mm -hmm. done a lot of work today, is, you know, jacket off, like hand against a locker and sort of forehead pressed against it. And as soon (laughs) as you talk just slowly turns to regard you. I... Oh! (laughs) Have have they ever seen Skeen like this before? (laughs) Every other coach has essentially been able to be cowed by Skeen. Mm. He comes from a wealthy family, and is also very dominant in personality and would normally just run roughshod over whoever they sent in, even if they were good. And if they were very good, he wouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Phileas, however, is neither thing that he can deal with. That... Hmm. Coach Youngblood... Coach? New coach. Coach Youngblood... <laughs> has opinions <laughs> on how we should joust. And I think at that, uh, 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 Jade burst f- fully into laughter. <laughs> the, the, the untroubled child is our new coach. 
the young bloods, the young bloods can't find a place for the black sheep, so they put him to be our leader. <laughs> he told me to find my rider's spirit on my way in. I don't know what that means. <laughs> he sent the the clay team to eleventh position. <laughs> Please, there is no eleventh position. Shut, shut up, shut up. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, okay, okay. And so I think at that, uh, uh, Jade like claps twice and like uh, like takes off uh, maybe her shawl that she was wearing, puts it in her locker, and then goes to sort of change into uh, her practice uniform. Well, how long do we think that this will last? Could have been predicted. Predicted. Failed Please. son of a big empire needs something. By the way. It- Throughout all of this, versus perched on top of one of the lockers, like a tiny crow, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, attempting to drop single drops from a flask he's carrying into a martini glass he set on the floor. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't he just take to drink like everyone else? Like he is has taken to drink, makes him predictable. <laughs> and Ooh. at that, just stops and looks up to you. Has he taken to drink? And then looks at the thing that you are dropping drops into. Indeed. Already planning new recipes. Oh, verse. I can always count on you. Mm. Talk about you are predictably reliable. By the way, is this for human consumption or... And Jade is pointing at the the, the glass. <laughs> Straight grain spirits. Target practice. Okay, I will. I will leave you to be. So, uh, 11th position. What did you actually end up doing? <laughs> oh, I just motioned to the team to go to 10th and then said obviously we were at 11th thankfully Phileas knows less than I even thought he did so uh, just I suppose humor him I need to have a talk with the rest of the team when he's not around so everyone's on the same page my tolerance for another another head coach trying to wing it with us is fleeting I I will try, though. I I think as you say that, I feel like a technology that feels Vespian to me, whether it has ever been established or not, is vacuum tubes. Um, Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Pneumatics. There's a pneumatic. There's a pneumatic tube that like there's a scroll in it that carries the lists, which is the matchups for this tournament and also the announcement of like who is advancing. So you get the information that you are going to be facing off against the Crimson Flash in your next match. And you can also see the victory announcement of uh, the uh, quarterfinals that uh, the Frog Princes have succeeded in their match uh, and advanced despite, like, I think, like, this will give you bare-bones information. Like, there was a disqualification in uh, on their team, like, for the match. It looks like it was very dramatic and they barely got over the lists. But, like, once again, uh, the reigning champions of this tournament are going to be in the... Uh, quarterfinal position or the semifinal position huh a disqualification interesting i wonder what for yeah is there any kind of like detailing of who it was or what happened um yeah you know we'll say that uh there was a this is one of the quarterfinal matches where magic is allowed use on the field that was like part of uh the agreement however it caused a firearm to backfire uh which could seriously injure somebody and because of that the rider was disqualified from that tournament like they'll, they'll be able to return to the next match but like this is something that like tells the story of somebody who did something very desperate to try and win and overstepped a line um, someone's getting desperate. I, I like do these. If that means they'll pull out all the stops this time. I do feel like they were holding back, and I'd love to, you know, crush them at their best. Absolutely. <laughs> you know it's you know it's going to be prime time viewing. Everyone is going to be talking about it. 
oh, we are going to get eyes on us, aren't we? Um, and I think as that, as uh, they're saying that, Jade is, has like floated up to uh, basically her tippy toes at on that. It's like they are on another level. Ooh, we are going to be famous. Could put feelers out. Hmm. Yeah. Do we have any way to see what's going on with them then? Yes, if they're going to arrive on the island. Hmm. Wouldn't be bad to keep an eye on them. I know a weakness in their informational defenses. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. Genuine question. Yeah. Ostentatious flop coach, no coach. Which is preferable? I think they're almost one and the same. But no coach would probably be better. Mm. No coach, very similar coach that can't see to the end of the glass excellent i see a mountain and i want to climb it i see a river and i want to sail if there's a victory you know i will find it never been the type who is happy to fail a million miles from my front door There's things that are worth fighting for But nothing's gonna stop me, friend or foe When it's all we know Here we go, rising higher and farther Only to far and up in the sky When we fly, when we're flying, we're ready, trying 